What's the best site in India? The Taj Mahal, the Golden Temple? For Rintwa, it's his market stall. Some years ago, he lost his sight and then his job. I'm Lisa from Specsavers and we help the Hope Foundation provide eye care in Kolkata. Rintwa was found to have cataracts. The charity performed surgery, which gave him his vision back. He regained confidence and returned to work. Find out how we're changing people's lives for the better at specsavers.ie. And thank you very much for joining us for another Senior Times podcast with me, Mairead Robinson. Now, today we're going to discuss something that affects all of us, ageing. Something we can't get away from. We either do it well or not so well. But I'd like to hear some ticks and tips and tricks as how to do it extremely well. And so my guest today is Dr. Karen Ward, who's just written a very interesting book called The Secrets of Ageless Ageing. So, Karen, you're very, very welcome. And thank you for joining me today. A pleasure, Murray. A pleasure. OK, great. Well, let's start. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, why your interest in this subject, how you came to write the book, basically. Oh, that's a very good question. I um, I'm a very big advocate of holistic living mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul, all in tandem. And part of my self-care is walking up in the Phoenix Park. I like to refer to it as my back garden. Uh, I live close by in Smithfield. And I was up there one day walking along, looking at the deer and the squirrels. And suddenly there was this inspiration, this, this intuitive thought, download, if you will, came to me about ageing. And I realized at the time I was the tender age of 45 and it suddenly it suddenly came to me that aging was not something that was going to happen when I was in my 70s, 80s or 90s, that I had, if you will, crossed the threshold of that balance point. And I had begun to notice that my my eyes weren't the same, my ears weren't the same, even my gait and my natural energy. So the idea for the book came very quickly. And over the next year, I wrote it. And part of it was interviewing people to per chapter on what they were glad they did or didn't do when they were younger. And most importantly, what they were really glad they did and didn't do the age they are now. Yeah. And I, I was so excited at the time. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm still practicing and I would be a holistic therapist as well. But I went, I, I realized that I didn't have much kudos in the subject, if you will, being a 46 year old about to publish. And my publishers encouraged me, as did others, many wise people. They said, "You maybe you should wait until you're after 50. So I thought, well, that's really good advice. And to be quite honest, Marie, I forgot about it. I went off, I did a PhD, I did a master's. And it was only in the last year that uh, Beehive Books, the publishers, approached me because the editor remembered this book and it stayed with her. And that's how it has come to be born, if you will, this year. Excellent. Well, that's a very, very interesting journey altogether. What I'm fascinated by, and you touch on it in the book, is um, attitudes to ageing. 
you know, that we live in a very ageist society and it, it can be very upsetting and and um, annoying sometimes for people. You know, there's not so much fuss made about ageism as there is about racism or sexism or whatever. So in this country, I think it can be very difficult, uh, whereas if in... in uh, in the eastern part of the world, it's completely different. My brother, for example, lives in, in Thailand and my mother in her 80s um, visited him over there and she was treated like royalty. It was wonderful. He teaches in a school and they had a sports day and she was presented with a prize for being the oldest person there. And she thought this was hilarious. But the respect and the love for the, for, for the elders, I think, is fantastic. We don't have that. Why not? I- what, what can we do about that? Well, we used to have it, right? We used to have it in abundance. And as you say, the elders, because if you lived to 70, 80, 90, there was, it was taken as a given that the life, the wealth of life experience you had really counted. It was to be treasured. But somewhere along the line, we began to revere youth in all its glory. Indeed. And somehow, the um, respect of the elders was lost along the way, but we did have it. And yes. I, and this book, if you will, um, and no doubt Senior Times, we're all part of that great move to bring that back. And of course, statistics are on our side now because with the Irish population, more of us are of a certain age and therefore the, the gravitas, the kudos and all of that wisdom that we have, wisdom of experience, no matter what your educational background, I think will be increasingly um, looked at as a huge benefit. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I just find that um, sometimes it can be um, it can be quite insulting the way you are dismissed or referred to by those who are perhaps the other side of 50. Um, yes, it's true. It, it's yeah, it's appalling. It yeah, it's appalling, and it's true. And, and again, as I said, we're 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 all part of of turning that tide. You see, if you think of any magazine you pick up, all the social media, film, television, there is that emphasis on glorifying youth. If you think of that time of our lives, we have great potential. We're full of energy, and we're looking forward. Whereas when we reach the other side of 50, when we become a senior and elder, they're what's in the future. And depending on family circumstances or life circumstances, we can perhaps get mired down in the, oh gosh, what fates me, but old age, illness, death, rather than recognizing that if we retire at a certain age, if we're in a certain profession that we retire at 65 or um, thereabouts, we have a huge opportunity because we are living much longer than our ancestors did. Indeed. So there's this glorious gap to reinvent ourselves, to to have a new phase of life. And because that's new, relatively new, there are many who miss it. And as you say, there's those in society who basically write you off if you pass that. Oh, retirement. Oh, that's it. You're you're, you're not relevant anymore. Yes. They couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. 
think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. I think it's changing now, but I know that some people, um, like my, my my late father, for example, was a very active uh, businessman, but he retired. He stayed until he was 70. He retired when he was 70. But from the, the day he retired, he lost his love for life. He lost his zim, his energy. He had this awful expression. He used to say, oh, I'm on the scrap heap now. Uh, and it's so sad when I think back. Um, I wish he was around now because I think he could have a lot more fun. He loved travel. He could do all the traveling and the holidays. But again, he was stuck in this thing that he wasn't wearing the suit anymore. He was pottering around in a pair of corduroy trousers in the garden and his self-esteem was gone. So let's be positive. You've got great tips and tricks in this book about keeping the self-esteem, the energy and the love for life. So would you share some of those? Well, perhaps following on from that beautiful, poignant story about your dad. I mean, I do share, um, how would you say, an amalgam of some clients that would have worked with me over the years with their permission. But for confidentiality, obviously, you can imagine I change details. But I remember a woman coming to me distraught because her darling husband, a vibrant man full of life, full of ideas, retired just like your dad. And then suddenly out came the pipe and slippers. Not that there's anything wrong with pipe and slippers. But in his case, he became an old man sitting in front of the fire. He wasn't even reading. He was just staring aimlessly into space. And yeah. she was shocked. She said, what happened to this chap? And now, obviously, she was my client. He wasn't. But there are those of us who are excited and get a great challenge out of projects in our life. We love, if you will, the the the, the routine, the, the sense of knowing my place in the world. And when that's taken away, suddenly there's a vacuum or there's, oh, what happens now? Am I on the scrap heap, as, you, as your dear dad said? And this is where the reinvention bit comes in. Yes. Because there is so much more. And one example uh, I give in the book is if you were, say, an accountant and you retire and you love golf, it might be that you end up being the treasurer of the golf club. Yes. If you were, um, say, um, you were a hairdresser and you got to the point where you thought, you know, standing all day, arms in the air, it's not going to work for me anymore. But you found that yoga was a really good practice to have to keep your body in health. You might retrain as a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there there can be your, your uh, bringing up the family mortgage job, if you will. And then there can be the retirement job. Or as you mentioned there, travel. I mean, never in our world has it been more possible to travel and yes we are all conscious of the environment and mm. flights and and we mi might be minimizing our flights but you know there's free travel there's the train staycations have become so popular and i have to wave my hand and say hopping over on a ferry to various places has never been easier so therefore it's about thinking outside the box yes. and seeing what is available but being community with others that have paved the way or that are at the the 
the coal face, so to speak. In other words, they're 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 slightly higher up the mountain than we might be. They're they're breaking new ground as to how we can live our lives with the longevity we have these days. Excellent. Yeah, that's very interesting. So they're good tips. Perhaps um perhaps I think what you're saying is that if you had an interest in something all your life, but you didn't really have time to pursue it. Well, now you could actually, you know, really pursue that, as you say, like retrain and and do something different. I agree with you about travel. Travel is 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 great, and um, I say I know a lot of a lot of people who avail of well, we've got the free travel here in Ireland, but who avail of um, you know se- uh, senior travel abroad where you can get fantastic holidays in the winter time and as people tell me saving your electricity bills never more pertinent than now so well said um, yeah <laughs> so there yeah there, there is a lot to do it's all about the mental attitude not to do like that man and like my dad and lose spirit but to actually explore the possibilities isn't it yes and also i would say to recognize the wealth of life experience, because there can be those who go, oh, gosh, all the young ones these days, you know, they're finishing school, they're doing degrees, they're doing masters, that education possibilities have moved on so much. And there are many of us who left school at 14 because that's what you did in the day. Yes. Um, And they might feel oh, a little bit on the back foot, as in wisdom, me, knowledge. But it's the wisdom of life, the wisdom of experience and if we go back to the ancestors that we mentioned earlier on and no doubt in the communities in the east the elders were the ones that taught the little ones because it was recognized that the mothers and fathers were out there literally working to put bread on the table and yes every the whole family together but it was the grandparents and even the great grandparents they were the ones that taught the little ones in those societies and we have huge wisdom to pass on to our they they might be our grandchildren but they could equally be our our godchildren or they could be neighbors or they could be any little ones and it's things like grandmothers and granddads might have the space and time to notice that you know Little Tommy's not really himself now. Mum and dad are too busy. They're, they're mm, out there. Good and they point, might be yeah. the ones that could have that quiet conversation. And maybe there's a little bit of bullying creeping into school or there's something going on that he recognises his parents are so busy. Uh, yes. Or maybe they're even too close to him. Whereas yes. a grandparent will have that little bit of space. Do you know, I've often heard clients uh, and the people I meet at various talks I do in in conferences and workshops and they'll come up and they'll say oh granny I remember she taught me how to make an apple tart or uh, granddad took me fishing or uncle um, Mark he was the one that increased my brought me to um, concerts my love of music my love of theatre you get the idea so with with that space and, and of course like Zoom, like modern technology, it don't, you don't have to be living down the road from these children. You can be at the other side of the world and yes. still have an interest and um, a very valuable role to play in their lives. And that's yeah. so heartwarming for both. It is indeed. It is indeed. And I think it's one of the great joys of getting older. You know, the mar- the marvel, the magic of your children having children and the relationship with um 
with grandchildren. I remember Tommy Tunin once on, on, on his television program, he was talking about, uh, he, he, his, his guest was talking about being a grandfather. And Tommy said, uh, I can't, I'm paraphrasing now, but basically he said when his first grandchild came along, it was like the little one had crept and opened a little door in his heart and crept in and stayed there. And it was just such a beautiful way of describing it. And it is very much like that. It's a very, very special thing, the, the grandparent thing. But getting to the options of travel, you mention in your book, and I'd love to hear more about grey nomads in Australia. Tell me about them. Oh, what a fabulous group of people. I was blown away. Right. Yeah. And now, this was a good few years ago. This was at least 10 or 12 years ago. And it was my second time in Australia. But this particular opportunity... I went to Uluru in the middle, out in the middle of the outback, nowhere, yes. um, in the centre of Australia. And it's um, it was at one point known as Ayers Rock. So that's right. Um, the listeners might be familiar with either name. And it takes a long time to get there from Sydney, Melbourne, part where Adelaide, you know, all the big cities. So therefore, you, I was struck by the amount of camper vans and such like vehicles moving around. And I thought, oh, gosh, this is great. People are just as into camping out here as they are at mm. home. I began to realize, hang on, they were all older people. Yes. They were all elders. And they had these big manes of silver, gray, platinum hair. And they were the most joyous people. Fabulous. And Every time they stopped at a campsite, there would be great sharing of, oh, I've just come from that campsite and like rate my campsite. And, uh, oh, we have a bit of food, we have a bit of extra. Would you like some or this type of thing? And it was a whole community that I had never come across before. And I got chatting to them and I realized that there, there was a particular phase of life. They had raised their families if they were having families or they had finished their job, they were retired. And then they took to the road to see their country and to appreciate all that it had to offer. All these places that they'd read about and heard about, but never had the opportunity to visit. But what I loved was the camaraderie, the fun, the crack, as we call it here in Ireland. Mm. It was spectacular. And I thought, way to go. Yes, I love it. Now, keep in mind, Australia is a massive place. Exactly. But and of course, remember, they have the weather over there, even in their winter is, is pretty much like our summer here. But I loved the idea um, of people of a certain age meeting and having the fun. And then when I came back, of course, I realized that in the the various, say, bowling clubs or golf clubs or um, volunteering in, in charity, there are communities that are doing the same thing. It might be a theatre club or a, a, a book club is another classic that do share their tips and have that fun, but in a different way. Yes. And I celebrate that. Long may it live. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. OK. Um, all very positive. Uh, I suppose one of the things that, that frightens us a little bit is 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 just vanity you look in the mirror and you see your mother looking back at you or whatever and you get out the anti-wrinkle creams and the anti-aging products and on all the rest of it but um i mean it's it's literally superficial isn't it when you think about it i mean it's it's um 
it's vanity, yes, but I mean there is uh, there are a lot more serious things and a lot more benefits to to getting older than, than worrying about a few wrinkles. I agree, right? But I think there is a fine balance between um, what's the phrase giving up, yes, and maintaining good health, beauty from the inside out. So in other words, on one side of the scale, you could have somebody who's noticing a few wrinkles and, you know, the inevitable signs of aging and just give up and they'll eat anything rubbishy. They'll drink anything. Mm. They don't exercise. They're just thinking I'm on scrappy. What? And maybe they've come across one of those incidences of ageism and, and they think, what's the point? And then on the other side of the scale, you have somebody who recognizes the value of this vessel, our mm. bodies, that if you think about it, house our souls, our minds. And it's important that we look after them because if we do, then we've got the energy and the, the va-va-voo to really live our lives. Because there's no point in us having a bright mind and all these great ideas. And physically, we cannot do it. And therefore, self-care is so important yeah. And, you know, I'll put my hand up and recognize that, you know, I think of the busy, I'm, I'm the eldest of six and my mother and my father through the recessions in the 80s. I mean, they worked so hard to put food on the table that I don't particularly remember a self-care routine. I mean, maybe there was a jar of Pond's cold cream and, and certainly my mum and dad always scrubbed up very well when they went out. But it wasn't that often to mm. me as a child. But then I looked back and I remembered my grandmother used to treat herself to get her hair done. Yes. Now, it might have been every couple of weeks, but it was a routine that she certainly did. And I thought to myself, do you know, it's it was there, but I mightn't have seen it as a child. And the, the going out, the, the date night still, no matter what age you are, and that can be with your girlfriends or with mm. your men friends. It doesn't have to be you're in a partnership. Um, so in other words, if we look after ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, then we have a huge opportunity for this third phase in our lives. And now, the health issues might come and go. That's part of life. But we're able to deal with them in a much more positive way if we have looked after ourselves with the vitamins, with the exercise. And that might mean for some people you know, putting a bit of a color in your hair. It might be a bit of lipstick. Mm. It could be, hey, it could be a bit of Botox, whatever floats your boat. Yes. Um, um, or it might be that big mane of, of silver hair. Uh, it's up to the individual. And I think we need to respect everybody's journey and what really helps them come to a place of, as you say, that self-confidence. Yes. And it's something that we need to work on it. To go back to that that famous saying in the ad, because we're worth it. Yes, we are. And we are. <laughs> well, I think that's a very, very good point that you've made, Karen. Like in some people, I have a friend now and um, same age as myself. And I love to go to a spa. I love massage. I find it very therapeutic. She says, oh, I couldn't stand that. Oh, no, couldn't stand that at all. And likewise, you know, she said she wouldn't be 
interested in a bit of makeup, a bit of cold cream, as you say, would be all she'd do. She wouldn't be interested in having the eyebrows tinted or or going a little bit more adventurous with the makeup. But some of us are and some of us aren't. But as you say, it's whatever keeps your enthusiasm, your love for life and your energy going and your self-esteem, of course. So it's, it's as you say, it's whatever works for you. Oh, we could talk for ages, but I think a time is nearly up. It's been such a pleasure. Your book is fabulous. I can't recommend it highly enough. The Secrets of Ageless Aging. And there are a lot of secrets in there we haven't even covered yet. So congratulations on the book. It's lovely to talk to you. And uh, I hope we meet again soon. Bye, Marie. Thank you so much. Why have regular eye tests at Specsavers? Well, they can help reveal health issues like diabetes and high blood pressure. Book an appointment online today.